Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. This week we have a special guest. We have Open Mike Eagle. Uh, you probably know Open Mike Eagle from him being a famous musician, rapper, and lyricist. Uh, he's great. We have some of his music at the end. Apparently he's a huge Dark Souls fan, and it was just an absolute delight to sit down and talk to him about his experiences with Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, and some other stuff in between. It's a great conversation, and I know that you guys are going to like it. If you have a few minutes, let me an iTunes review. It goes a long way to help spreading the words of the show. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Thank you for being on the show, man. This is this is yeah. super great. I'm uh, super excited Adam, about this. I am I I am probably more excited than you. Um, I I am a big fan of the show and a, and a huge fan of this this game series. And um, and I am, believe it or not, not surrounded by a bunch of people to talk to about it. So this is really, <laughs> this is really cool for me. <laughs> I, I have to ask how you came across the show. Are you just like searching out Dark Souls podcast in general because you like the series and don't have anyone to talk to? That is the exact search phrase. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> that is the one. Yeah, I'm so you know I, I've I've listened to um, uh, Bonfire Side chat a bunch. I think they just shut that down basically, right? Like after yeah, after, they're doing a uh, um, they're doing a victory lap, so they're going to go through and do uh, runs of all of the games besides uh, Dark Souls three, and that'll be the last of um, that podcast, unfortunately. Yeah, well, maybe I'll, I'll go go back and check that, um, and then. Twin humanities, I've I've checked out too, but a lot of them they seem to be uh, they seem to have I guess talked about Dark Souls so much, and now they want to talk about anything but or things that are related or tangential or. Mm-hmm. And me, I only started playing these games like, you know, I mean barely over a year ago, so um, I'm still very much like in it. You know, I I really <laughs> love these games a ton. And you started with um, you told me on, on Twitter I think you started with Dark Souls one or you which which game did you start with Let's get into yeah Dark Souls it. Dark Souls one um, I I was a uh, strictly Nintendo console guy like all of my life like I never had a Sega anything I think I had a PlayStation one um, and I think that was it other than that it was just every Nintendo console up until the Wii and I and I had the Wii and I enjoyed the Wii I used to you know basically. Wait for Zelda games or or you know Metroid games on that and play those and mm-hmm. I played the the last Zelda game on the Wii um, and I loved it but then after that I just found myself with like nothing to play and you know the most of the Wii console games being like based or or like marketed towards kids I just like I thought maybe it's finally time for me to step up into like <laughs> adult gaming <laughs> and so I bought a PS3 and. Um, it was a cool experience because at that point the console was almost over. So it was very easy for me to find a lot of like top 20 best all time game PS3 lists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll basically just go down these lists, buying all these games. They're all super cheap. Uh, so play like the last of us played, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed, black flag infamous. And, and I enjoyed a lot of those games. Um, and I remember seeing dark souls on these lists and the the you know the only common descriptor being that they were insanely hard and the screenshots all looked like I don't it to me I I think all of those quick descriptors did the game a big disservice like I could see you know of course it's a good thing that it, that it made those lists mm-hmm. but just the way that the game was being described then it just 
I, I thought when I did finally, you know, after like, I, honestly, in my opinion, like I wasted my time with like, uh, you know, Skyrim. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, when I finally did buy Dark Souls, I was like, this is nothing like what I thought this would be. And and, um, you know, I've just been, been hooked ever since. Nice. So. Like those those screenshots that you see always remind me of like heavy metal music covers, right? Like those those just the huge dragons and weird creatures and like dudes with giant axes coming after you. Um, I, I really felt like from the screenshots, I thought it was like a a, a game on a rail. You know what I mean? And oh yeah, was, like like uh, like a like a, a light gun game in an arcade or something. Yeah, or like a you know or like, like Bioshock, but like third person or something. Just just not just. It, I had no idea from those screenshots and those descriptions what these games were really like at all. And it just, it really does suck that everyone talks about how hard it is because I mean it's an unforgiving game, but I don't necessarily think it's a difficult game. But uh, you talked you mentioned Twin Humanities a while ago, and my buddy uh, Patty has been doing a YouTube series for just doing a Soul Level One run, and he kind of got me back into Dark Souls One recently. And mm-hmm. just man, like if you know what you're doing, like if you just know how these enemies are going to react, and you know like your weapons, and you kind of have some some forewarning, like the game just is super easy. It's still unforgiving. You can still make a mistake, but it all of the games media and all of these like top 20 lists always say it's the hardest game ever. And it's just, I mean, that feels like total bullshit to me. Yeah, no, I, I get that though. And I, I get that because when I play these games around people who are unfamiliar, um, it is like shocking to them, like how often you die. Like it is like, <laughs> it is, it is, it is something to them that looks both fascinating and absolutely not fun. to like most people who, I'm playing these games around and I think that you know yeah I think I think yeah what you just said was was absolutely the perfect way to put it they're they're unforgiving because I did that too like I recently uh like when I go on tour um in my music career I carry my ps3 with me and I play I play a lot of Dark Souls 1 and so uh I just started another playthrough after like basically spending just months only playing like Dark Souls 3 and it was so so much easier yeah. So much easier just going back. Just yeah, so level one starting from the beginning, so easy. I got a I'm in a real bad spot in my Dark Souls one playthrough though. Can I tell you about it? Tell me about Where it. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> so I got cursed in Ash in Ash Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super low level because I was just meandering around the game, just killing things because I felt so, you know, like adept. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I'm cursed. All of my weapons suck. I can't kill the Hydra. <laughs> and I can't and the clams one shot me every time, so I can't find uh, a purging stone anywhere and I'm just down there. <laughs> just, <laughs> have you uh there. have you beat in Orlando? Can you warp out or are you stuck down there until you make your I'm way stuck. back up the tr- Oh god, I no. <laughs> I haven't even haven't gotten the um what's it called? The um Lord Vessel yet. Nope, yeah, stuck. Yeah. Absolutely stuck. Did uh when you first started playing it like coming off of action games like The Last of Us or Assassin's Creed or whatever um it it took me a while to figure out like the just how to play Dark Souls like it just takes a, a bit more of a considered approach to the controls like did you adjust to that like real quickly or did it take you a while to kind of figure out okay well, like why does it take my dude so long to swing this hammer and why or swing this sword and why can't I stop it in the middle of it like I can with other games Jeremy I'm gonna tell you something I played Dark Souls one for probably about. 40 or 50 hours before I even realized that you could run and jump. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, Mike. I really don't. No, like, no, I just, no, I, just no, I love no. hearing those stories out of dark souls. I, I, I adore it so much. <laughs> oh no, I'm glad somebody can laugh. I'm gl- uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm glad to be able to share, share this, share my journey. <laughs> with, with <someone. laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm, I honestly, 
I think I can say at this point, I really and and I I've uh, played through Dark Souls one maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. I have I did not really learn how to play until late through my first playthrough of Dark Souls three, is when I really finally like, I finally got how to play these games. And and it was still fun to me and still super challenging and super rewarding and all of that. But like now I can say I finally got it after hundreds of hours. <laughs> when What did it feel like when that clicked? Like were you in the middle of a boss fight and you were like all of a sudden you were just seeing the, the code through the game? Like basically like yeah, mat- was, Neo in the Matrix? <laughs> it was it was it was the combination of the dancer fight and um, and Lothric and Lorien. Th- okay. Those two boss fights like. Like you're right, because at that point, I my brain slowed down processing the games and I saw how how much of it was just pattern based and how, you know, how huge of a mistake I was making by trying to go through this game with a shield. Like I said, and I didn't I didn't get rid of my shield until like those two boss fights when it finally dawned on me, like my weapon, I could be hitting twice as hard. Um. You know, I could be taking a lot less damage if I move out of the damn way. <laughs> yeah. Instead of uh, holding up a slab of metal and hoping it works. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and it just and, and, and I would say that would be the biggest difference. Like when I came back to Dark Souls one and I wasn't concerned with a shield and like suddenly, oh my God, like I'm just running around this game murdering everybody. Like I, I got it, you know? Yeah, once you once you figure out like fast rolling versus just medium rolling even and you're like, "Oh my god, I am so completely mobile." Like it's I can just flip everywhere. Nobody has to nobody will ever hit me. Right. What uh do you get into the story of the games at all? Like are you into that like do you look up the lore videos and things that are out there because Dark I Ones do. Go, ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say Dark Souls 1 specifically has so much of that YouTube content out there that you can consume if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean cuz I I uh like I played through my first uh, play through Dark Souls one, like kind of with, with like an IGN walkthrough like tab open on my laptop, mm-hmm. like the entire time because I had no idea how to do anything, and so I was always looking for help, and so yeah, I stumbled into the lore community basically just starting by looking at people uh, fighting bosses and trying to figure out the strategies for it. So um, I did. I've done super deep dives into the lore. I, I watched the lore video all the time um the mitchell the body um you know emp like i mm-hmm. I, I watch a ton of that stuff but i think the way that i play the games is that i just play them and then i worry about the lore later like i don't really i don't really consume the lore or even process the lore while i'm playing i'm more like okay i'm in this area trying to figure out what to do and how to go about it how to uh basically get a cognitive map for how the level works mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and fight the boss and then move on to the next thing. And then I, I start to ingest the lore and put it all together later. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, so people are angry about Dark Souls 3 lore. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like, the lore was never it for me. Like the gameplay is it for me and the lore comes later. And I think some of the lore stuff is great and cool. And I get lost in it, watching the videos and people breaking it down, um, people's theories and all. And I, you know, have, you know, I've had a couple theories of my own over time. But um, to me, it's all about the mechanics and the gameplay and the lore is like very much secondary. What's your uh, like you mentioned, you played Dark Souls one several times. What's your what's your kind of favorite build so far that you've done? I'm, I'm assuming that you played with like different weapons and different stats and things. Um, you know, I think I always just I don't I don't I, I've never really gotten deep into the different builds. Like okay. um I, f- I felt myself on this last playthrough before I got cursed in Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> 
focusing more on a dex build this time because this was the first time I was really going through like two handing weapons. So I felt myself focusing more on 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 dexterity. But uh, for the most part, man, I you know I, a lot of strength, a lot of you know, a lot of uh, you know vital not vitality. What is it called in a uh, Dark Souls one? The, um, it's, it's it's vitality in Dark Souls one. It changes but, in like Dark Souls three, I think, where it's like. I don't know. They come up with a weird stat for it or something. Yeah, yeah but just I put, you know, a lot of HP, a lot of mm-hmm. strength, a lot of dex, you know, and then I, then I'm like, oh yes, defense. <laughs> <laughs> big weapon, big shield, big armor. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. What uh, like, so you played Dark Souls one uh, and you finished it. Did you go like? Did you start going for Dark Souls two and three? Like, did you start looking for the other games at that point, or did you just immediately start the game over? Like, I want to play this all all again now. What did I do? I feel like there was some short pause after I beat uh, Gwen in Dark Souls 1. I'm trying to remember what I did. I think I went and bought some more games at that point. Like, I think I bought, like, uh... oh, yeah. So I had, like, because I really enjoyed uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed. So I mm-hmm. went, I'm, I think Syndicate is the PS4 one, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I started playing that, and I absolutely fucking hated it uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a good game it's oh so, my god especially like coming it, after after dark souls where there's no like waypoints or really anything on the screen besides yes. like the stuff you need to know and then you boot up assassin's creed and you're like oh god this is too much like get this stuff off the fucking screen already right um so what did i do? no you know what i, I I'm, I'm doing this out of order somehow because i played a couple i think played something on ps3 and i was like you know what fuck this and i went and started playing Dark Souls 1 again uh, pretty quickly and was just absolutely enthralled by how strong my character was and how I was mowing through these early um, levels now. And, you know, and I think I played through till uh, Ornstein and Smo the second time. Um, and then I, like, bounced off a little bit, but then I went back to it and, and played through the whole thing again. Um, and then I think at that point, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a PS4 so I can get Dark Souls 3. Because, um, like I said, I've been playing these games only a year, so when I'm on the internet and I'm looking at lore videos, like I'm searching Dark Souls, but like a lot of, a lot of the majority of the content that's being promoted or recommended is Dark Souls 3 stuff that I'm trying to avoid because I haven't played the game yet. So, um, and it's really easy to get trapped into spoilers and stuff like that. I mean, like even before Dark Souls 3 came out, it, they were like companies and streamers had access to it so early like you would go on youtube and like here's here's you know solaire's the last boss in a youtube thumbnail you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) oh it sucks so bad i gotta say you know like that's been a real benefit to me a lot a lot of times of not having the games when they're uh brand new is that i really get to control the experience for myself a lot i really get to avoid a lot like i'm not um like the, the only time that I've had, like, you know, the the concurrent experience of everybody else experiencing the things at once has been the Dark Souls 3 DLC. This this second one is the only, mm-hmm. the only one, like, I've gotten and kind of played through with everybody. And it's been so interesting to me to see this process of, like, yeah, like, the bodies of the world getting it early and kind of making, like, the <laughs> teaser videos and, and, and all of these videos people have of what they want from it and then people seeing what it actually is. And so many people being so disappointed because their expectations were so particular about what this dlc would be and i didn't have any of that you know i have none of that at all and i'm just having the time of my life like <laughs> jumping into these ash piles and you know what i mean <laughs> I don't know, like 
it's, it's different for me because I, I don't have any expectations of these games. Um, so I went Dark Souls 1, then Dark Souls 3. Um, now, I've, I've bought Dark Souls 2, mm-hmm. and I have it for my PS3 that I tour with. And I played it one time, and I did not like it at all. Like <laughs> it's, I, I spent about three hours playing it, and I was like, I do not like this. It's dramatically different than the the other games, just in in terms of mechanics and things. And it takes it takes a while for that game to kind of click. And even then, I, I don't think a lot of people clicked with it. If um if you were around at the time that those games were coming out, you think the backlash on Dark Souls three is bad, man. Like Dark Souls two, fucking everybody hated that game. Like just talked so much trash about it because. You know Miyazaki, the director of one and Bloodborne and three, you know, and Demon Souls, wasn't on Dark Souls two because it was the B team and it sucks and you shouldn't buy it. And then yeah, it was just it was a it was a nightmare on the internet being part of the Dark Souls two launch. So, but it, it seems like for people who are really into the series though that that uh, like I listen to a lot of the people that you talk to and a lot of you guys uh, really kind of have a special place in your hearts for Dark Souls two. It seems like. I kind of feel like I'm on I'm I'm in the minority of people who hate it in terms of people who really enjoy the entire series. Mm-hmm. It's it's been um you've seen that turn happen over the last year since Dark Souls three has been out mm-hmm. with people going into Dark Souls three and realizing because that was the thing with Dark Souls two people were expecting a direct sequel and Dark Souls two is basically like I don't really even I can't even think of like a TV show to compare but it's basically like there was a cut and then it was a thousand years later and you're like wait a minute what happened <laughs> and then Dark Dark Souls three kind of feels like it's about six minutes after the end of Dark Souls one in terms of kind of what's going on in the world and. I don't know, like, Dark Souls 2 is good. Like, there's some really interesting stuff there. Um, and the, there's some crazy stuff you can do mechanically. But, uh, I mean, there's it's it's real interesting. And uh, the stories are, are very, very powerful. But it's just, there's something about it that's not Dark Souls 1. And I, I, I've never really been able to express exactly what it is besides not liking the animations of the game, which seems kind of a bullshit answer to, to yeah, lay I mean, honestly, it, if you ask me why I didn't like Dark Souls 2, I think my number one answer would be because I think it's ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's 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 a big thing, man. Because like that, the development of that game was so troubled. Like they they scrapped the entire engine and redid it about like a year before they released it. Like it was, it's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, but so like when you're playing Dark Souls three, like you're playing this DLC, is this the first time you really got to participate in like the multiplayer stuff? Are you summoning people to help you? Or are you getting someone to help? Do you do any of that stuff? You know what? I really don't, man. Um, I typically play offline. Um, I guess if you're on tour playing this stuff, a lot of times, like you probably don't have internet access on your PS3, huh? Well, I, I play um, most of Dark Souls, you know, all my, my PS4 is at home. So I'm playing Dark Souls 3, I'm playing Bloodborne, gotcha. I'm playing here at home, and I got internet access to all that. But I don't have, um, I, I, I decided on principle not to buy a PlayStation Plus <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, coming from PS3 where, where online gaming was, was free, it felt just like a real insult to me. So I'm, <laughs> to I'm still holding out, you know. Um, so I, I don't. I mean, you know, I don't even have the opportunity to engage um, really in online play. And when I did on the PS3 for Dark Souls 1, uh, it never really uh, did that much for me. Like, I, when I, you know, um, was in human form, uh, I never found an, it to be enough of a benefit to justify the invasions. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I'm still at this point, you know, running around playing with a shield. I have no idea what I'm doing. So an invader, I'm just like, I'm free loot. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially an invader in 2016 who's been playing this game for five years. Like, it's not, you have, I mean, you're not going to have any chance whatsoever. Yeah, it was not fun. So, um, <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just, I just never was really human. Um, and I, like, like, when I say I played 40, 50 hours and didn't know how to run and jump, like, I spent so much time on this game before I even realized that you could summon NPCs to uh, 
to help with bosses. Like I've beaten every boss in Dark Souls one solo and most of the ones in Dark Souls three solo, just because that's kind of how I'm used to playing it. Mm-hmm. You know. What uh, what, what do you think the boss that you had the most difficulty with in Dark Souls one? Um, I mean, you know, Ornstein and Smo, man, that's yeah. that's that's serious business. Like, that's a gut check. That was a real gut check, man. <laughs> like, I, a, you know, do you really yeah. want to play this game? Is what that that boss fight is? <laughs> yeah, like, because it, you know, there were just times when I would run up in that room, and Ornstein would just stab me to death immediately in one <laughs> strike. Yeah, <laughs> again, I don't like, need to laugh, but uh, no, like it's no, it's. it's I've been there so many times. <laughs> yeah, and and I would just sit and think, like, is is this fun? Like, is this is this entertainment? You know. Um, <laughs> but that's another thing. Like, you you you, man, when you beat those guys, is there any greater feeling? Is there any bigger fist pump than oh, the no. first time you beat Ornstein and Smo after like so many times of like? Because I always beat Smo first, so having Ornstein, you know, grow giant, and you're just you know trying to figure out how to get a hit in and uh, I don't know, man, I, it just, it was just such a, such a good feeling beating those guys. And, and at that point, you know, another thing that's cool to me about playing these games, like, you know, my wife and my son live with me and, you know, they get into it with me playing these bosses and they're rooting for me and they're, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and like, sometimes I'm wanting to hold off beating them when they're here so we can all like celebrate together, you know, cause it'll be days where I'm trying to fight these guys, you know? Um, in front of them and sometimes I'll defeat them when my kids at school and I'm like damn I didn't get to share this <laughs> <laughs> you hit the share button real quick so you can record it and like make him rewatch it when they when he gets home from school <laughs> no I haven't tried that I have to see if he's into that if yeah. he's into it later I have definitely called my wife in the room when I was very close to uh, finishing a boss <laughs> I've been like hey Autumn, Autumn come here come here I'm about to meet him I'm about to meet him come here <laughs> My poor wife does not really care about Dark Souls because she's not a huge video game person. And, uh, like, I just, this is one of the reasons I started this podcast is so that she, because she just got tired of me talking to her about it all the time. She's like, Jeremy, I don't, I don't care. Like, you have to go find somebody else to talk to about this. Well, I'm glad she didn't care because now I get to talk to you about it. So <laughs> I, I like the way that worked out. What about in Dark Souls 3? What was your, like, big difficulty spot? Because, man, like, the bosses in Dark Souls 3 are just way harder, I think, across the board than the Dark Souls 1 bosses are. I would definitely the dancer, man. The dancer was like a game changer for me, dude. Because like the dancer was like, you know, you you know, you start playing a boss and 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 the boss kills you so much, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go level up. Um, okay, I'm gonna go experiment with weapons. Okay, I'm gonna level up this weapon or that weapon. Okay, I'm gonna try some spells. Okay, I'm gonna try running crazily around the room. And these pillars, <laughs> like, and it really like it took away all of that extra stuff after a while because none of that was working. And it literally just became about focusing so much on how she's moving, you know, and and just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of playing this boss. And it finally clicked like, oh, man, OK, I got it. And and that just kind of became the roadmap to me for the rest for the rest of the series. It's like, oh, man, just focusing on these movements, like just understanding that it's they're not brutal for brutal sake. It's a pattern that is that you can figure out, you know. Yeah, it could be inspiring. You, you mentioned like looking up boss strategies. I remember doing that and then coming across like the the Lobos Juniors of the world and seeing like that dude is 
you know, unarmed soul level one, you know, new game seven, just and like still winning after just, and I'm like, okay, well, if he can do it without weapons, then at soul level one, then I can definitely do it just at soul level 3000 or whatever I've upgraded. Myself <laughs> <to here. laughs> uh, the dancer is such a beautiful fight too. That's such an unusual boss for, for dark Souls. It's just the way that thing moves in the animation is it's so it's, it's almost beguiling in a way. I don't know if that's a, a real, accurate term for it but it's just he, she just moves word really mean. weird what's that word mean i'm sorry what's that word mean kind of like uh seductive i guess like she it's it's just kind of like it she, she kind of brings you in like and like you think you can get close to 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 the boss and then all of a sudden you cannot be close to the boss right yeah uh yeah it, it's those those movements that the telegraphing and the pausing before strikes and and how the moves developed when she advances through her phases. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it's that, that was a game changer for me, man. And, and like really after that one kind of clicked in the whole game, I mean, it's, but I, I got to say maybe that was one, the beginning of the click but the second part of the click to me was uh Lothric and Lorian, which is a, a fight that I just, I just love that fight. I love that fight. Like I, I, I don't know that fight just really, like, I think I have, the movements for that fight, like downloaded into my body instinctually now. Like, you know what I mean? I just oh, I do. really love that one. Like I can, I can close my eyes and play through pretty much all of Dark Souls one in my head. Like when get turn right, turn left, get this key. Like I can have all of that stuff ingrained in my mind, and it's just the That's same incredible. way with, with those bosses. Like right, like you just get it to the point where you feel like I could close my eyes and do this just by sound because I'm so used to playing them. Right. It's. And man, the music in both of those fights, um, I'm not a huge fan of the way of all of the boss music in Dark Souls 2, but specifically those two boss fights, they, it was just some of the best music in the game. Yep, definitely. And, and you know, and uh, I heard you had the musician uh, guy on a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, you know, like that's, that was another thing. I don't you know, like I, I guess there's problems with the music, but mm-hmm. that, all that stuff just washes over me. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know. Like to me, it's all great. <laughs> so do you, uh, I mean like, so you don't, do you listen to the soundtracks outside of the game or any of that? Or do you just like, it's just strictly in game for you and that's it. It's strictly in game for me. I, I oftentimes play a lot of these games with no sound. Cause I'm like, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm playing or like I listen mm-hmm. to my own stuff to kind of listen through it and edit and, and, and review stuff. Um, while I'm playing. So a lot of times I listen with, I mean, I play with no sound at all. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, just podcast games are some of my favorite games to play. Like to sit there and like listen to something and kind of veg out and just zone out and ignore the world for a little while. It's, it's always a lot of fun. Honestly, this is the first phone call I've had in probably a year where I wasn't playing a video game while I was on the phone. Oh, are you serious? Kind of one, yeah, no, it's one of my main things because I just I don't like being on the phone typically because mm-hmm. usually I'm not talking about anything that I actually enjoy talking about. <laughs> so I'm usually playing a game. God, I wish you know, I wish I could I wish I could say the same. I, my 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 actual real time, like full time job, it's just me on the phone. It feels like all the time. So if I can be off the phone and not have to, and it's not like I like podcasting with people, which is weird. Like I like doing this, but having to actually talk to a human being on the phone is some of the most annoying stuff in my life. I think it's excruciating. I think it's like some weird antiquated form of communication that we're still holding on to. Like this is weird. Like to sit still and yeah. <laughs> talk to somebody who's not there. Yeah, it's that's really it's- strange. It's super odd. It's it's not it's not it's not it's not normal human interaction. Twitter it's is not. normal human interaction. No, it, well, I mean, you know, it's words. It's reading, <laughs> writing, and reading. We've been doing that since the cave times. We haven't been like speaking to somebody who wasn't there ever. <laughs> Just speaking into a weird slab of metal that you're holding up to your head. 
Yeah, this is like a seance or something. It's it's <laughs> really bizarre. If you think about like what we do with our phones, it's it's just basically black magic. That's all it is. Very strange, and I don't like it. I don't either, man. I, I don't either. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about Bloodborne. You mentioned that you you have a PS4 and you have Bloodborne, and uh, Bloodborne Dark Souls One is probably my favorite of the series. Uh, but man, Bloodborne, I, I just love it so much. Are you are you a big fan? Have you gotten very deep into it? Um, since we started communicating, um, I have really kind of dug into Bloodborne. Like after my last few playthroughs of Dark Souls Three, and um, I've just recently, I just last night, in fact, beat the the. Uh, the vacuous spider. So now like the blood moon phase has started. Um, and I'm seeing the stuff places where I wasn't seeing the stuff. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's funny. I was listening to your podcast yesterday and somebody was on and you guys were talking about spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had to, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. Like, cause you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know where the, you know, if the big stuff has happened yet or if it hasn't happened yet, I don't know anything. Um, so I'm just kind of playing through right now. I, I don't, I don't enjoy this as much as I enjoy dark souls three so far. Um, but it is very enjoyable. And to me, it's very interesting to see the similarities and the differences of the mechanics. I think are fascinating, like what they chose to take over to dark souls three from this and what they chose to not bring over. Yeah, I think it's, it's really fascinating. Because if you went into Bloodborne expecting, you know, to be able to use a shield, like the only shield that you find is literally a joke. <laughs> like it's literally them making yeah. fun of you for wanting a, a a shield, which I find just fascinating. Well, Did I mean, it, even like uh, stuff like um, like Hub World, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and how like you can't kind of like directly warp from place to place. I think it's interesting that they changed that. Um, there was something else that I thought was really um, interesting. Oh. I think having your healing item and like your um, your other items on a different button is such a great choice. Yes, yeah. You know, and I wonder why they didn't take that over to Dark Souls Three. I, I mean, I, why did they take so much from <laughs> Dark Souls Three or d- into Bloodborne from Dark Souls Three? Like, there's, there's, I feel like there's stuff missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about like the difference in kind of setting? Because you know most of the Dark Souls games are all kind of medieval fantasy European kind of style Lord of the Rings stuff versus Bloodborne's more you know old English weird horror aesthetic. Are you are you more or less of a fan of that? Less. I gotta say mm-hmm. less because I'm not a horror guy like in general in entertainment. Yeah. Um, and so I I don't necessarily like a game that's trying to scare me. Like I don't like being in the dark a lot. Um, and I find, and at least at this point, and it, you know, and, and it's, I know it's a little premature to talk about because I'm, I'm probably only about halfway through this game. You were, uh, like, Rom is probably the halfway point, so yeah. Right. Uh, is that too many of the areas look alike to me. Yeah. Like, there's too many, like, like, every area I go to, I feel like, okay, here's a new kind of dog. <laughs> and, and there's just tombstones everywhere of various sizes, just like everywhere, like choking out the environment and and i don't know like it, it to me like it's, it's visually interesting but it's a little claustrophobic for my taste 
It's uh, my friend Gary from, from Bonfire Side Chat always talks about the PS4's kind of visual clutter and that they're they're using all of this next generation power to just like put more tombstones and candles in a room <laughs> for no yeah, reason. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I always like I always picture like the guy selling tombstones and yarn. I'm like that dude has to be rich as hell at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and he and uh, hopefully he got out before the beast plague came in and was just like took his riches and went home right <laughs> because he sold so many tombstones to these people. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I mean, Same thing with uh, right? coffins and chains right? and candles and all right. that stuff. Yeah. Like I, I, I wonder, right? Because it's like I said earlier, I don't necessarily pay attention to the lore, but while I'm playing these games and certain things stick out, I'm wondering like why they're there. So while I'm playing this game, do I ever get an answer on why there's tombstones everywhere, <laughs> or like why they're like <laughs> like when you play like when you when you fight the shadow of Yarnum? There's these giant tombstones there. Like, do you, does that ever get addressed, or is that just a thing that is just visual aesthetic? I think most of it is visual aesthetic. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't. I, I've seen lore theories that try to justify it, but uh, a lot of Soulsborne games, when they when it comes to lore theories, there's I feel like there's two schools. There's stuff that the games will actually support, and then there's just wild speculation that's loosely based on the games and. A lot of the why are there so many tombstones? Like you know, why are there so many coffins chained up? Oh, because they're afraid of people coming back from the dead, so they chained them up. And but then like, why do they just leave them in their city? Then <laughs> like, why not throw right. them off of a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> why not burn the bodies? And there's you know, there's bonfires in that first area where they're burning bodies, literally. So it's but so no, like the the short answer is no, not not really. Um, you do get some 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 closure at the end of the game. Like I think Bloodborne probably has the best end boss, but we'll we'll skip over that for now. Um, but you know, I can I can already tell that like out of all these games, this is the one that is most story focused. Um, as a, as opposed to the others, which I feel are more de- gameplay focused and the lore and the lore and the story comes second. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell if I like that or not yet. It's uh, it's it's weird, right? Because in Dark Souls One, if you if you play it multiple times, you you very quickly realize like, okay, when I start, I'm not supposed to go down to the catacombs because it's it's way too much for me at the at this at this point. Like, I don't know what I'm, the hell I'm doing. I'm going to get wrecked. But the second time, you're like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. I could go down to the catacombs and I could get that you know the right of kindling, so I could have twenty S's through the rest of this game if I wanted to. Right. Uh, Bloodborne loses a little bit of that. Bloodborne's a little bit more linear. Like you don't get the, the shortcut cut. And I, I go back and forth because I love the story in Bloodborne. I, I am kind of a horror guy. Like I like horror movies and things, so it works for me a lot. The, uh, but man, that open world and the flexibility and that approach to just hey, I can go anywhere at any time. And Dark Souls One just feels so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I concur. And so you know, I'm I'm playing it, um, enjoying it for sure because you know I just love this kind of Dark Souls engine. I just really I, I'm really into it. So uh, I'm having a, a, a super fun time. Um, I did think that you know at least so far in this playthrough, I thought the bosses, like the first three or four, were kind of like weirdly easy in terms of like it them being like. Okay, just get behind him and slash, slash, slash. You know, stab it in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> the Dark Souls end all be all tactic is to stab it in the butt. <laughs> but I, but when I got to Shadow of Yarn, I'm like, oh, this this is like okay, this is this is what I feel like I've trained for in Dark Souls. It's like a, a pattern battle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of intricately detailed pattern um, thing. So I, I was really like into that fight, and and I kind of got into. Uh, the ROM fight too, because like it didn't seem that way at first, but I'm like, oh, this is very much pattern based, you know, very much like pattern and proximity based, you know. The ROM fight, I find in, in repeat playthroughs, I find it 
kind of annoying just because there's so it's many, annoying. So many <laughs> spiders, man. Like yeah. the first time you clear out those spiders and you're like, okay, I'm going to kill this boss. I'm going to fuck it up. And then it, it teleports away and you're like, oh shit, there's 20 more spiders I have to deal with. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so demoralizing. Uh, but it is like that moment after you kill him and the blood mood comes down and you see, uh, you know, Yarnum just standing there being weird and pregnant. Like it's, it's probably one of my favorite moments across the games. It's just yeah. like, what the hell is going on in this game? Basically. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, uh, it's great. And, and I, you know, and I look forward to being able to piece together or, or experience the rest of the story before I can like fully form my opinion. But mm-hmm. it is, it is interesting to play this one after, um, spending so much time with dark souls one and dark souls three. Are you playing just one at a time, or do you kind of switch back and forth? Like, do you get kind of t- stuck at Bloodborne? And you're like, okay, I'm just going to go play Dark Souls one for to blow off some steam. No, well, right now when I'm at home, I'm just playing whatever game I'm playing, whether it was Dark Souls three or now it's Bloodborne. Well, but when I'm on tour, I'm I'm you know, like I said, I'm only on the PS3. Then, and I kind of when I say on tour, I mean like I'll do like weekends out of town, so it kind of mm-hmm. happens a lot. Um, and at that point, then I'm playing you know Dark Souls one or, or and I'm. And, it's funny now because since I'm cursed in Ash Lake, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to end up having to fire up Dark Souls 2 again because I don't necessarily feel like starting another playthrough in Dark Souls 1. Have you ever tried to go up from the like from Ash Lake up the tree? Yes, it's, I've tried everything. It's I've it's tried. uh it's it's not a good time. Like I don't know that I've ever been successful nope. going up the wrong way because it is fucking hard. No, I am. I am. I'm quite fucked right now. <laughs> you are. Like, I think my strongest weapon is a halberd, and like I've tried so hard to kill the hydra so I can at least travel across the beach to try to get to a clam mm-hmm, and get a mm-hmm. purging stone. I think the farthest I've gotten is taking two heads off of the hydra, but like I'm so easily one shotted, and like I can only hold like ten estes, I think, like or fifteen something. Like it's it's just bad. It's all bad. You just have to treat it like this character just went hollow, right? It just went crazy so. in, in Ash Lake, and you just start another run. <laughs> I, I think that's what has to happen. There's always think- another chosen undead around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. What was uh like? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did you run into any of the other kind of classic Dark Souls traps? Um, like thinking about coming outside of Blight Town for the first time and realizing that somebody may have killed your your firekeeper, and not, you, now you can't even rest at Firelink Shrine and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, you know, ever... my, my first playthrough that happened because I didn't kill. Oh, was it Lawtrick? Lawtrick, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? What happened? Like, <laughs> what, like <laughs> definitely, dude. I definitely. I thought it was a glitch. Like, I had no idea what was happening at first. You know. And I so love- I played that whole, that whole first playthrough without having that um that um that, that bonfire. bonfire. Yeah, because it's it's you know you don't it's it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do because if you don't go back to in Orlando or like if you don't happen to have that thing that on you. Um, but I just love that you come up out of the out of Blight Town and you go to that little gate and it just there, there's like a little button prompt and you read it and it just says dead like somebody yeah. left you a note that just said dead. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> just always, awful. Man. Always cracks me up. What do you uh, so you, you talked about going back into Dark Souls too? Like, is it is that itch still there? Like, or do you, like, do you kind of feel like I'm missing something? I feel like I'm missing something just experientially. Like, I've just gotten so much into listening to you guys talk. Like, you talk to people and listening to the different podcasts. That like, when the Dark Souls two uh, conversation comes up, I just kind of feel so left out that I kind of want to experience. Like, I kind of don't really want to play the game. I just want to like have the experiences, <laughs> you know. Um, so. You know, like I guess there's an itch in some in some sense. Like I listen to a lot of like, uh, or and and also watch a lot of videos of like 
people's top 10 favorite or bottom 10 favorite bosses and all of that, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I do I do want to experience those boss fights. I want to I want to feel like I have um, had those experiences, but I am not in a hurry to play that game at all. What about Demon Souls? Um, lately I've been thinking about it. I, I just I guess my worry is that I feel like if I feel like if the graphics aren't good enough, I'm not gonna want to do it. Um, and I don't know if that's the case because I've only really seen like, you know, people's streamed footage of it. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little bit of a graphic snob, you know. And it's kind of it's another reason why I really like Dark Souls Three. I think it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous I game. So it's Bloodborne. Really like, both of those games are just yeah. so much fun to look at, man. It's and uh, you know, if you're a bit of a graphics whore moving to Dark Souls 2 on the PS4, getting the PS4 version, like you get 60 frames per second and the game looks a lot better. Like you get better That's a good call. And, and things That's like that. Good. And um, it's usually on sale nowadays for pretty cheap. Plus, plus it has all of the DLC built in so you can get all of that stuff, which is the the Dark Souls 2 DLC is easily the best content in that game. It's And it's the most it's fun. Got the first scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, so I mean, I'll probably do that. I, you know, I guess my problem or my issue, my concern to be more accurate, was this, that, like, since I got Dark Souls 2 primarily to play on the road, yeah. like, if I get it on my PS4, like, I'm not going to be able to share the save, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's and I'm word. worried about that, because, like, I don't want to, like, get really into it, and then I go on tour, and I, like, start back at, you know, with a different playthrough. I don't know. That's going to bug me. So <laughs> I, have to, I have to make, I have to figure that out in my head somehow. Uh, g- going back to Demons for a minute, it's, Demons is a is weird because it's it's definitely a little bit lower res in general, um, c- compared to say Dark Souls One. Like it's a little bit muddier maybe, but the the art design and the the aesthetic goes such a long way on the other side that I, I feel like it still holds up today. And even when okay. some areas some areas don't, so it's it's definitely it's the first of its kind, right? So there's there's very clunky around the edges in some cases, and there's some stuff that does not make sense at all like i could tell you about the, the two <laughs> words that called world tendency and try to explain it and it just does not make sense like sometimes it's dark and things get harder sometimes it's light and things get easier it doesn't make any sense at all that's really weird yeah that sounds like it would annoy the shit out of me playing offline uh like you're doing would probably be the best thing to do because uh there is like server tendency and your character tendency so playing offline is probably the best thing to do but it's it's worth it just to get a like if you just want to see where these games started out from and there's some really interesting stuff like the Tower of Latria, and I know you're not much of a horror guy, but it's it's kind of where Bloodborne came from in a lot of ways. I like see. It's, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like okay. you, you walk into this area and you look up and you're like, okay, this, where am I? <laughs> like, I was just in a normal looking castle before and like, there's no danger of, of the places looking the same like Bloodborne does sometimes. I'll put my big boy pants on and probably check it out at some point. I mean, by the time I get through Bloodborne and... God willing, I get through Dark Souls 2. I probably will end up playing Demon Souls. I'm just so hooked on this style of gameplay, man. Like, I really, I'm almost in a panic feeling like I'm running out of games to play. Like, <laughs> I bought Nio. Uh, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate Nio, man. Like, I hate it. Like, I see what it was going for, and I like the setting, mm-hmm. but there's too many options. Oh, my, and like, man, that's, it's just overwhelming, the shit that you get in that game. And and then that 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 uh that stun lock thing with the stamina dude like I can't I can't deal with that I can't deal with that. these games are hard enough man Where, like like I'm just gonna stand there like a dumbass like because I sw- I swung too much like I get that that's probably realistic but it also sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
uh, I, I just mentioned that I was, uh, we were, me and Patty were recording something for his one boat run and, um, he wanted to do like a PVP thing. So we both, and this was dark souls one. So we got these weapons. I love it in dark souls one that if you equip a weapon that you can't use, your character does like a dumb, like swing wildly and like flails with it. Like it's just, it's exactly what I would look like in real life. If I was carrying around a 5,000 pound hammer and trying to swing it, right? Like I would just look like a dumbass. So we did a full fight, like in full armor, trying to hit each other with these giant hammers. And it was just hysterical and bad doing two damage to one another the entire time. So that stuff really cracks me up. Have you, uh, like you mentioned Neo or Nio, uh, like all of the other souls clones that have come out since then are all, none of it really works as well as dark souls uh dark souls does for me like i've, I've in a lot of ways dark souls kind of ruined other games for me I, like i tried I'm, to play i tried to play skyrim afterwards and everyone raves about how great skyrim is and i got to the combat and i was like nope just going back to dark souls see you later <laughs> yeah and sky skyrim is like it's it's i don't okay i'm not a big fan of like crafting shit like mm-hmm. you know and it and and i get that these games even dark souls are technically you know open world but i don't really want an open world like i don't want all the choices i want to like play through a game like you know what i mean i don't really have time to be running around the side of a mountain doing sh- like getting getting temporarily caught up in shit that doesn't even matter <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to pick up sticks of wood and then sticks of twine so that i can make you know wood and twine into something that eventually i'll, I'll be able to use as a weapon like four hours from now like i don't the collectathon stuff i am just done with nowadays and 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 really what it ruined what dark souls ruined for me other than crafting which really just gets on my nerves is like really any sort of like weird sudden platforming i really have a problem with like i really have a problem if you're playing in a game and suddenly they're like suddenly you got to time a jump where there's this moving platform between like come shut up like get that <laughs> out of here like you tell them your game is so like non enjoyable that you have to insert like these like super mario brothers tricks to like i don't know man i don't dig it like i i was a, when i first kind of got my ps3 i was really into um the batman games like the arkham games yeah mm-hmm. um and so when i got my ps4 um i bought the uh whatever Ar- arkham knight mm-hmm. and i'm playing and it's a little annoying because you got the waypoint stuff and you got all of these different missions that don't really matter and all of that <laughs> the batmobile was... racing bullshit <laughs> yes <laughs> but there's this part in that game where like you're trying to you know fight joker find joker or something and you have to stop in this room and like carry these big chemical cauldrons and gently place them into <laughs> I these know exactly holders. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and if and if you, you know, if you if you don't hold the joy, the joystick ever so gently, then the whole game explodes and you have to start <laughs> back. I'm like, come on. This is not like I don't know, like these games, the Dark Souls games, are such. There's so much about this pure gameplay experience and just getting good at the thing. That like the the random insertion of weird menial tasks to me, it feels like you're at work or something. You know, it, it makes really, me feel like the game developers aren't confident in their own game uh, when they do that what? stuff. Like, oh yeah, we have to have a platforming segment because platforming is a type of game, and we have to have like all the types of games in our game. And Dark Souls just does away with that entirely. And it's, it feels so nice. Like, it just feels free. Only thing I can do, it's like the only thing I can, I can really do is that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's play, it's play, this combat and like, just get better at it. You know, I just always want to get better at it now, you know? 
That said, when, when Dark Souls does platforming, because there's a couple of areas where you kind of have to, um, like in Blighttown, if you want to get that cool katana that's at the very top, you have to actually do a running jump to get it. And it's it's very bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's it so is. bad. But it only comes up like once or twice, and it's always optional. You never have to worry about it. Yeah, typically through, you know, through through consecutive playthroughs, I just don't do that stuff, you know. I just kind of, because I, because you like, once you know, once you know what the thing is that's on the end of the branch, you're like, eh, I can do without it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to seek out every single shiny item like you do your first playthrough. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, that, 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 you know, the bed of chaos, I just, you know, played it again recently just to report to everybody, it's still awful. <laughs> still, <laughs> still not still a great boss fight. platforming inserted into an otherwise awesome game, but also a very under developed and weird level of the game but also still dark souls is still enjoyable you know yeah and you know the, the there's some really cool stuff before the bed of chaos like that that uh there's weird octopus monsters things that like eat you from the top of their head or whatever right before the bed of chaos are some I do of my, like those. yeah those are really cool and they don't show up really anywhere else so there's some cool stuff there but then the, you get to the boss and it's just like what is what it what <laughs> what is this yeah no i saw i, I can see what they were trying to go for but that was just you know, I, you know, you got you got so used to these like kind of elegant almost fights, mm-hmm. you know, that just seemed weirdly brutish and like forced, you know. Yeah, it's 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 weird, this stuff, because Dark Souls one was a little bit rushed at the end. So you, you do find stuff like that. Uh, did you go through? Uh, did you get the DLC for Dark Souls? Have you done any of the Artoria stuff? Artoria you know, and I haven't I, I have not. To, I'm oh. sorry to say that I have not. I know I'm, I'm a disappointment. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and cut this podcast off and, no! you, and I, you and I are going to go play Artorias of the Abyss together and then we're going to come back in a couple of hours and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I know, I know I owe it to myself because I can tell in with in terms of the boss fights that I enjoy that I'm going to love that fight. Oh yeah. Like he's going to beat the hell out of me for many hours, then I'm going to figure him out and I'm going to love it cuz I really like that the um the Gale fight at the end of this deal's at Do you the really? Dark Souls 3 DLC. Love that fight. I absolutely love that fight. Tell me why, like, because it's it's so overwhelming and it can be like the guy just takes forever to kill and so many phases. Like, what, what, what is it about it, it that you like? I, I, I just, I love that, like the training that I feel like I got through the dancer and, and Lorian and Lothric um, of, of that just pattern based kind of like was. I know and, 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 it's, and I really messed up because I, I didn't play. I played uh, the DLC on New Game Plus. So mm-hmm. Gale's. Oh my God, his pool of HP is just insane. Oh, it's huge. It's in, <laughs> but, you know, but even with that said, Gale is a fight where if, when I die, it's my fault. Every time it's my fault, you know, because he did something that I could I could avoid, but I tried to avoid it the wrong way or I waited too long to move every time, you know? So, like, to me, he just, he's just another a, a, a boss, a, a sword fight boss. Um, and he he hits hard as hell and he moves really quick, but you know he's he's just a series of patterns, you know. And and I really enjoyed um, learning all his patterns. And you know how you can just you can you, you're fighting a boss and at first it seems impossible, but then you get it figured out to the point where every time he's only got a little bit of health left and you know you're almost there, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, and you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm ten minutes into this fight, and you're just gripping the controller as hard as you can. And you're like, relax, relax, relax. I got this. I got this. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I got. And to me, that's that's the beginning of the satisfying feeling for me. And I got that with Gale. I got that in that Gale fight the same way I got it with Lorian and Lothric and the dancer, and even Solar Cinder. You know, like I, you, you get you you figure it out. You know, you figure out like instinctually. You know, when he does this wind up dies this way. Does this wind up dies that way? Oh, um. 
you know, I can roll forward when he does this. And actually, that's a better thing. Like in the second phase, you know, you, you know, you do a lot of rolling forward to him so the cape doesn't hit you and you can get free hits in the back. Like just figuring all that out, man. I just I, I really enjoy that fight a ton. Um, I recorded with someone recently and uh, they I don't think the episode's out yet, but they were telling me that when they were trying to play Dark Souls for the first time, they were having trouble. And uh, their girlfriend or spouse or, or whomever was um like an acrobatics person and she just looked at him and said why don't you just try rolling forward when he does that and he's like what do you mean rolling forward that would put me in danger and then he tried it and he's like oh shit this changes everything <laughs> and, and that and that was that was something specifically the Lorian and Lothric fight taught me to do was like oh sometimes you roll forward you know what I mean you basically roll under his swing and then you you got you got him in the back you know well if you if you like the Gale fight and uh, those are the kind of type one-on-one pattern-based fights that you like and i know you said you're scared of not having more souls content but you have some of the best of those fights coming up like the the dark souls dlc has one of the best the bloodborne dlc has two like that that are just phenomenal okay like, yeah you, you you have a lot of really good stuff to get into so don't be scared too too much too yet yet I'll, I'll, I'll put my big boy pants on man i'll, I'll jump in <laughs> i'll jump in well thanks very much for uh for guessing man this has been an absolute blast to do um Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I feel pretty silly because I've I've been a fan of yours for a while. Like I first. Oh, for real? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, dude. I, I saw you, um, Hannibal Buress's TV show on Comedy Central. Like I've been a big yeah. fan of, of, of Hannibal Buress for a while, and uh, he had you and uh, was it Flying Lotus? Yeah, me, Flying Lotus, and uh, Thundercat did a performance and, together. Yeah, and that just absolutely blew me away. And I've I've always been a fan of hip hop and rap and everything, and I was just completely blown away. So like when you followed me on Twitter, I really honestly believed that it was like a spam account. Like I get you know how no, you get I like can tell. <laughs> you have like you, you get like a five million follower account that follows you, and you're like this is total bullshit. And I just figured it was like some PR person like just you know following accounts or whatever for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, like totally blown me away that you were an actual dude behind the Twitter account and are actually into Dark Souls. So this has been hugely fun for me you didn't see it but like a couple days before i did that i just randomly tweeted just as a tweet like um let me be a fan of your dark souls podcast just to the <laughs> east just because i wanted to let everybody know how much i love dark souls <laughs> but then i started actually looking for people's twitters that do mm-hmm. dark souls podcasts and and i i really enjoyed your show and then found yours so yeah because you were encouraging people to find you on twitter i'm like fuck yeah i'll go find them on twitter <laughs> that's awesome man that's so great well, I, I know who you are, but tell everyone else where they can find you on the internet and, and kind of what you do. Okay, I'm a, I'm a rap musician, um, you know, on an independent tip. So, you know, I, my music is found uh, wherever music is, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. I go by Open Mic Eagle. My music is already in your phone, so I'm already in your pocket. You can just... <laughs> you can <laughs> all you have to do is right hit like now. three buttons and he pops right up, I promise. There you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Eagle, M-I-K-E underscore E-A-G-L-E, man. And uh, yeah, come, please, Dark Souls fans, come come holler at me, man. I, I would love to engage people on the Twitters about my favorite game series. Excellent. Well, thank you again for guesting. This has been just an absolute blast. Yo, thanks so much, man. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having me. And thanks for doing this show, man. I really love it. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. This is episode like 70-something. You guys all know the admin at this point. Like We do stuff on Instagram. We do stuff on Facebook. Just go find all of that stuff. It's really, really fun. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have some time, an iTunes review can really, really help. Or if you can get retweeted by a famous rapper, that can also really help your reviews, probably. <laughs> so <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, don't give up skeleton. Ryan on the floor.
floor of a Chinese restaurant Crown on my hip like Simon Petrikoff Thought of a song called Thinking of Master Plans Breaking in Rockham, drinking in Amsterdam Cafe, back room, meeting with Cancer Man Engineering Project Black Astronaut The first scene in the film Prometheus I wrote a brand new story that starts from there Just need some help with the financing I ain't got nobody to pitch it to My friends are superheroes None of us have very much money though They can fly, run fast, read Portuguese None of us have very much money though They know judo and yoga, photography, politics Some of them leap over buildings Writers, magicians, comedians, astronauts None of it mattered when niggas was hungry My friends are superheroes None of us have very much money though same underwear as billionaires None of us have very much money though Hustlers, beat makers, drug dealers, sculptors Egomaniacal altars and bloggers Some of them talk to the animals None of it mattered when niggas was hungry That shit's not valuable Come say it to my face That shit's not valuable Come say it to my face It's all disposable I was hoping this device might cure my remembering I'm 87% sure I invented it High adrenaline and rapping on the cake boss Name on the dressing room so I ain't lost Commencing countdown, take off another sound stage Rehearsing a fake spacewalk Little Wayne is an ancient African And Jay-Z's been around since the 20s though The only new ones is little being one below We only got a hundred months to go Until your hometown's covered in tons of snow It goes one, two, three, four, five little indigents When it's all over, I survive on the Pentagon Chips and the men play with memory sticks And I'll flash, take a picture Cause I Shit's not valuable. Come say it to my face. That shit's disposable. Come say it to my face. It's not authentic though. Come say it to my face. That's so ingenuine. Come say it to my face. My friends are superheroes. None of us have very much money though. They can fly, run fast, read Portuguese None of us have very much money though They can make hair grease out of fruits and herbs None of us have very much money though They can take selfies like Dubuffet None of us have very much money though